When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now back to... This is the Rich Eisen Show. Now and now. Hey, everybody. Open your eyes, it's a beautiful sight. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf. Bills wide receiver Gabriel Davis. Coming up, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider Tom Curran. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Can confirm. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Chris Brockman is in his usual spot. TJ Jefferson is in his usual spot. Hala, hala, hala. I am back in this chair, and I feel sometimes on this program with Mike Del Tufo wearing many hats, <laughs> we need a public address announcer. So after two hours of Mike Del Tufo sitting in his chair, it's gone. Now that I should do, I should do Bob Shepard, like old Yankee Stadium and Jackson. Now botting. And the audio executive spot, Jason Feller. Feller. Hey. So we play two. Narco? Number like, two. Like, like Diaz is coming in? Uh, I don't, yeah. I, there you go. Yeah, by the way, that is e- really even, cool. even I, as a Met hater, Yankee lover, can appreciate that is a blast, man. And Mr. and Mrs. Met playing the trumpet, too. It's just funny. He's been doing it all year he's and so it's just good. like recently come to he's life. He's so good, man. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, we've already had Gabriel Davis and DK Metcalf of the Bills and Seahawks, respectively, in hour number two. If you missed it, along with Overreaction Monday in hour number one, go to our YouTube yeah. stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of that. Joining us now to make heads or tails of what's going on in Patriots camp. <laughs> we, went straight, we went straight to the top of our flow chart, I'll tell you that. Joining us from NBC Sports Boston on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is our friend Tom Curran. How you doing, Tom? Top of the world, Rich, to be candid. Okay, very good. Be better. Uh-huh. Looking down very on great. creation. Um, so, look, man, um, what is, uh, what's the process that Belichick is referring to when he was asked about why it seemed like there were two, there were multiple play callers uh, in the first preseason game? And, uh, and what is the process that you the can tell? The process as it stands is the Patriots are trying to move away from the offense they had so much with because it's just too friggin' complicated, Rich. <laughs> okay, the Earhart Perkins offense that Charlie Weiss installed with Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, and then it got tuned up and tuned up and tuned added to the playbook to the point where they couldn't draft a wide receiver because it was too complicated for any of them to master. And every wide receiver they had either developed because they were a quarterback, Julian Edelman or Jacoby Myers, or because they had been in the league for five years and then came here and was pertinent. So I think the Patriots, after Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady departed, said, you know what, 
content to reboot this whole thing. And that's what they're in the process of doing, trying to make it a little bit more user-friendly. But in so doing, they're taking some steps back. It's looking shaky in practices. And the cooks in the kitchen are two guys who have not really installed offenses nor been dedicated offensive coaches, and that's Matt Patricia as the de facto OC at the moment, it seems, and Joe Judge as the play caller. Excuse me, as the um, <clears throat> quarterback coach. Mm. Okay. Can I ask How do you like a question? That? That was pretty good. Distillation. Uh, Brock, Brockman, you want to chime in here, huh? Right away. The first, the first question. Okay, Tom, go for it. Is it it's August 15th. We've played yeah. one preseason game. Is it too late to fire Matt and Joe and get oh, someone who knows what they're doing? Come on, man. I, I see this in this instance. I am more a. I have some empathy for their situation. Yeah, of course. Because this is a Bill Belichick directed decision that we're going to do this, and I can't imagine. Look, the Giants weren't going through the season last year, and Bill was saying, oh, "I can't wait till Joe uh, gets relieved of duty so he can come here and be the offensive coordinator." That this was not what they planned on. So these guys are kind of foisted into positions that I don't think are necessarily setting them up to succeed. How's that of a diplomatic way to put it? Well, but I mean, but so Bill, but Bill knows but, than, than normal. But Bill knows. I mean, I mean, this is not his first rodeo by any stretch. He he. He's got to at least think that they were they're able to handle it. Otherwise, he wouldn't go down this road and find right. I mean, like there's no way that he would go down this road and then find out just before the season that they can't handle it. He he's got to believe that they can. Otherwise, he wouldn't yeah. put him in that position. I know that sounds like an in bill we trust, but you got to, you know. Well, I think that when you say it's not Bill's first rodeo, mm-hmm. and that's why he does things like this because he's been at the rodeo so long that he can do unconventional things, and people go, well, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, yeah, he does. He's the most accomplished, successful coach, and really, if you measure it all up, certainly the Super Bowl era, and maybe ever. And you could maybe even say American professional sports. However, he's not been on a hot streak since about 2017. There was a Super Bowl in there. It was also a Super Bowl benching of a cornerback that probably cost him that game. There was a mismanagement of the Tom Brady dismount. There was the notion that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the successor, and he's not really a good successor. So I think overall, he's a genius. He's excellent, but he makes mistakes too. But he does have enough goodwill, or he presumes there's enough goodwill built up to go ahead and say, you know what, I'll just let these two guys who are mostly defensive guys do it. I just look at it and say, would he have ever done this in 2000 or 2001? Said, ah, you know what, I'm just going to put these guys over there and we'll just put it in this whole new offense and see how it goes. Absolutely not. No, of course not. But uh, I guess things are, 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 it's a different scenario now. And and that's the thing that I think that is really mystifying a lot of Patriots fans, Tom Kern is that why would he turn to two guys who haven't really done it before? Why would he, although they're very, very trusted people for him and smart people, um, why would he turn the keys of Mac Jones at such a crucial part of his career, crossroads, if you will, for his career, to two guys who have not really done that before? They're not known as quarterback whisperers. Can yeah. you, can you, can you the give longer, me the, the, the why of it? The longer Bill goes, the smaller his circle becomes, believe it or not. The hard place to work, 
the pay is not great. The hours are extreme. The expectations are even more extreme. And when we look at the outflow of whether it be coaches or personnel folks from an already kind of small staff, it's significant. You know, name guys like Jed Fish, who was a quarterback's coach here for a year, and he mm-hmm. left. Um, Bo Hardigree, quarterback's coach. Mick Lombardi. Um, this is in addition to Flores and McDaniels and Patricia and Judge, who left and bounced back. Um, you know, Nick Cayley's a tight ends coach right now. He was blocked from leaving. And he probably would have been a good candidate to be play caller or offensive coordinator. But I think the Patriots are concerned. Reportedly, Albert Breer had said this. You know, the Patriots are concerned he's going to leave. So they're not going to entrust him with being the offensive coordinator. So it's, it's a hard place to work. I just don't think Bill has a massive pool of candidates at this point who are beating down the door to come and coach for the New England Patriots. So what is, you know, because today um, it was asked of Belichick, that was our, our, our uh, today's Bill Belichick press conference moment that we played at the end of hour number two, and he was asked, is it a competition um, that's going on? And he said it was not a competition between the two gents who were headset wearers when the offense was on the field on Thursday night. So what is it? Why, why are both guys calling plays? What do you think, Tom? My theory is that Patricia's going to do it until Judge is more attuned to having play-calling ability and understanding. See, because Patricia has been a defensive coordinator for many years, so he understands the in-game adjustments and communications that have to go on and the understanding of all that. However, Joe Judge has much more of an offensive background, having both played the position and coached the wide receivers here for a year. Um, So Judge has been studying as a play caller all spring. But instead of putting him in, throwing him in the deep end of the pool, they're allowing him to kind of apprentice. That's my theory. And I asked Judge about it today, and he said, look, all I can tell you is, and be transparent, is I just come here and do what the head coach wants. So, for whatever that gets you. But that's, that's my working theory as to what's going to happen because Patricia's the assistant offensive line coach as well. Why would they spend time with Joe Judge working on play calling if there wasn't a desire to make him the play caller? Mm. Oh, man. This is not inspiring, Tom. Oh, it's like a slapping it out there, a vibe to it. And I think the Patriots, you know, remember how Belichick said him and Jimmy Johnson would talk and they said, you know, you can eliminate all but 10 teams every year from winning the Super Bowl. Teams just aren't well run. They don't have good personnel. They have bad ownership. They're just going to run themselves aground. It's only about 10 teams. And I think the Patriots and Bill Belichick has a belief, look, we're not just rolling it out there. We're giving a full effort. But we're going to walk into six to seven wins anyway. Maybe we'll win 10. I'm sure that they don't believe that they are Super Bowl contenders right now. But I really do think this is a bridge year for 2023 when they have more cap space and they have this offense installed completely and understand what it's going to look like. I really feel like this is a reset year in the same way the Cam Newton year was. Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Were you surprised, Tom Curran, that uh, when the league smacked down Stephen Ross and the Dolphins that part of the reason why was tampering of Brady when he was a Patriot? Did that surprise you? Yeah, the August portion surprised me a lot. It wouldn't have surprised me at all if it started in January. 
and certainly, you know, I spoke to folks within this organization here in New England about pre-free agency and was told, look, we're not going to make a big deal about other teams getting in contact with Tom during this window. That was, you know, early March, late February. The reason being they wanted him to make a decision that he was comfortable with if he indeed chose to stay or go. I was told that point blank, we're not going to chase people all over the place for tampering. We understand he's a big boy. But to have it happen in August, I think, is very eye-opening and, and really not permanently hurtful to Brady's legacy here. I think in the first couple of days, people were like, oh, my God, I'm just a It'll fade, but it just shows the level of dysfunction that existed and the anger that Brady had when he realized they're really not going to keep me here through the end of my career. Well, screw that. doesn't make it right, but I think that was his mindset. So he was the one who reached out to the Dolphins, or they they had heard through the grapevine because Brady's tight with, um, you know, a, me, a member of the right Bruce um, Beal Beal right, and and that and that when Brady was informed, I guess that the contract wasn't going to be reconfigured in a way that would keep him there prior to the season. And you've come on this show and have said that that's when Brady was kind of knew he was done with New England and went through that year and they made the playoffs and we all know that he uh, lost to the Titans uh, in the playoffs uh, to end his career there in New England. So what is the sense of it? I don't know who texted who, but when you look at it, you know, Brady was still going through the exercise of trying to get a new contract with the Patriots. He wanted a two-year, $50 million, fully guaranteed contract that was identical to what Drew Brees had gotten with um, New Orleans. And in the end, that's not what he got. The Patriots announced that it's like a two-year, $73 million extension, and it was written in smoke. It didn't exist. We spent five hours thinking, oh, Brady's here. I'm like, that's not what it is. This is a bogus second year. It's a void, void year. So once the Patriots did that and tried to package it as, hey, he's here, and he knew that he wasn't here, and he knew that his 2019 salary was really, again, hinged to a bunch of options and bonuses and things. Um, that's when he would have said, you know, that's it. I'm not staying. Um, so who made the initial contact in August? I have absolutely no way of knowing, nor am I going to pretend to, but that was the tipping point. Can you blame Brady? I mean, he's probably sitting there saying, well, this is enough of this. I'll I'll stay here and let me start taking a look around about the next year. Right? I mean, yeah, could I you think bl- a lot of people do blame him up here. I don't know why. I mean, uh, you know. You- it's the traitorous aspect of it. I mean, it's a division <laughs> rival. You're ringing him up. And then to have the season he did, and he was, you know, like a gassy baby all year, his face. I think people look at that and say, well, he wasn't, he wasn't all in. I don't believe that personally. I can't imagine Tom Brady being anything less than all in. If he wasn't all um, in, if he wasn't all in, Tom Curran, why is he attempting to make it, you know, he's making a throw when the playoff game was essentially over and he throws a pick six. Like, that's the way he wants his last throw to be, you know, for no, I New mean, England. I mean, <laughs> if he was out, he'd have basically, you know, just went through the motions there not trying something, whatever he needed to try to get down the field, even though that thing was toast. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's just one example. You were around the whole year, so I wouldn't know. In that well, there regard. were interesting moments in that, and I don't want to go on too long. You almost out of time with me? No, go. Go for it. It was interesting, you know, right during that period of time, they're at the, um, at the Titans for joint practices. And, you know, Brady's out there. He's throwing a Braxton Berrios, and 
think Hogan might have been hurt. Danny Etling's running around out there. And it's just going to a gunfight with a butter knife, as one Patriots coach once said to me about the offensive group that year. Um, but there was a player who was out of position pre-snap. And Brady didn't gesture him to the other side. He pointed to the coach and then pointed to the player so that the coach would move the player. And I just found that interesting, myself and a number of other people, too. And maybe I've made too much of this over the years, but I think that was kind of a, you know what, you don't include me in the game planning. You don't ask my advice on how you want to set things up. You don't want me coaching. You do it. It's not my job anymore. And they still started 8-0 that year. You know, I mean, so, man. It's always interesting in that neighborhood. All right, so before you, uh, I let you go, let's give, uh, let's give Patriot Nation something to rally around. Who are we not talking about that we should be that is going to oh. you know, show up in uh, 2022, uh, either side of the ball, that you think Patriots, you got Patriots from? secondary has been uh, interestingly up to the challenge. <clears throat> now, it might be because the offense is not showing up yeah. the way we expected it to, but despite losing... You know, Steph Gilmore and J.C. Jackson, they've had a lot of playmakers on the back end, and their defense is way, 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 way faster, Rich. They are, they've really tried to improve their team speed, and we're seeing that, which they better do because their first game is with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, oh and in the heat of Miami. Yeah, and the House of Horrors down there in Miami. Tom, last time you were on, you predicted Tyquan Thornton 30 catches. Care to, amend, care to amend that? I would... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to call a friend, whatever that is. Phone a friend. You can phone a friend. Phone a phone, phone a friend on yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go with Tyquan Thornton. Is at thirty-eight catches. Okay. For nine hundred and forty yards, he's gonna average thirty a catch. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> he, is, he is so fast; it's obscene. It really is. It's fun to watch, you know, from ground level because they've been glacial kind of on offense anyway. Mm-hmm. But he is so fast. And that's part of the reason I think they're rebooting the offense is because, you know, guys like Tyquan Thornton who go to Baylor and they play in the seven-on-seven or the spread offense and they're not as sophisticated in terms of post-snap reads as the Patriots were, they couldn't come in here and hit the ground running, Nikhil Harry being a prime example. But maybe a Tyquan Thornton won't be an apprentice catching 25 balls and he can have a bigger role. So that, that's one of the interesting things about the why of – the Patriots shift offensively. And it's amazing too, Tom, as I let you go, uh, and I appreciate the time you've given me here, is that if, if your theory is spot on and accurate, and um, you, you know uh, more than anybody, that... Something goes. No, no, seriously, that, 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 that if Bel- Belichick is being criticized, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's got two guys who have never done it before, trying it and this thing's a total disaster and the team's finished they should just dissolve out of the national football league and what have you um but if what you're saying is 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 indeed happening you got to give it up to bill to say i know my offense is really complicated and it was built over the years for a goat and we handed it off to a rookie who handled it incredibly well but some of the receivers couldn't and it's tough when these kids are coming out of college or getting you know free agents to get up to speed here Let's let's start from scratch and let's build up something else for Mac and for everyone else. That that's kind of um, you know avant garde for for somebody yeah. who might be set in his ways. You know, I mean, he's always been forward thinking and able to morph. We know that, but again, it's just it shouldn't be the chore it is. 
for no real good reason to not say, you know what, part of our offense is dot, 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 and explain it. It really does not need to be the chore it is. And I know that's how he is, and he's not going to change his stripes at this point, and it's part of his his brand, really, to not be more forthright. But, I mean, how many games are you going to lose if you say, boy, some of the stuff we've been doing was pretty complex with Tom and Josh, and there's some things we're going to put in that are going to make it a little easier for the kids. <laughs> so that ain't hard. Tom Curran, always appreciate it. I know um, uh, you're a busy man. Thanks for taking the time and look for more of my calls. You're the man. Thanks, Tom. Always happy to be on. Thank you, buddy. Right back at you. That's Tom Curran yeah. right here. I knew he'd know or give you in a sense of what. Got to give it up, man. If he's sitting there saying this is way too complicated yep. for the, you know, that we've added for the offense with Brady for years and years and years. And he don't want it to get to the point where remember when Peyton Manning went out and the Colts couldn't run an offense. Yep. It was like, again, that when Peyton Manning went out with that neck injury that year and it led to Andrew Luck arriving, the analogy I've always said is the movie Independence Day where only an alien could operate the ship. That's it. And so there's a method to his madness. And it makes a lot of sense. His point is it's like, what is it going to cost you to actually verbalize that in front of the media? You know? Yeah, give it away state secrets. Like everyone can see what's but I guess, happening. I guess he doesn't, it doesn't matter to him because what are people going to think he's totally lost it? What I does guess. he care? It makes he a lot of sense has too, the Joe Judge aspect. If Joe Judge, like maybe week eight, week nine, suddenly Joe Judge has taken over the play calling, then he's ready. So yeah, get some reps with the third and fourth teamers in the preseason. Yeah. And then when you're, you know, up to speed in the middle of the year, you let a rip. Let's take a break. We come back with your phone calls and what a remarkable playoff. We saw um, with the FedEx yesterday. That was amazing. We'll hit on that and give uh, the hosannas to Will Zalatoris when we come back and more. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit, we just played a, a clip of uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, the um, gents behind Better Call Saul, which ends tonight, the final episode of Better Call Saul. And Vince Gilligan was the the, the creator of Breaking Bad. Right. Um, he was the first ever in-studio guest we had on this show in 2014. We're celebrating our eight-year anniversary coming up in October. First episode of the show. First ever episode of the show, and he was the first in-studio guest, and he had just left the writer's room where they were planting the seeds for the new Breaking Bad sequel, Better Call Saul, and it wraps up tonight, and Peter Gould uh, wrote and directed the, uh, the finale that we see tonight. And one week from today, at this very time, Vince Gilligan will be here in studio. I'm giving he. Yes. We, we went back and forth over the weekend. Okay. And um, he had some time next Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, a week from or party Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Oh. And then next Monday were the days that he gave me, and I decided to give everyone a week. Because Wednesday up, and Thursday, watch the finale, Wednesday yeah. and Thursday, I think is still too soon. That's nice. Still of you. too good, early. Good call. I just said, that, I'm like, let's nice. just give everyone a week. Assume tape goes out the window. Assume in this case. tape. Yeah, you yes. gotta, I you know. have not cut up a better call. Well, Saul, you got a whole week. I know. I am not going to watch it tonight because Susie's out of town. Okay. So it's I think one of those I'm gonna that, I'm gonna watch live tonight, which I never do because I just don't well, want to well, get spoiled. Well, on Twitter. what you need to do is just stay off your phone. And start it 15 minutes oh, right, in. So I can fast forward. And then you, fa- and then that's good call. That's the way you, if you, if you want to see it tonight, that's the way I would do it. Good call. Well, I'll wait till bedtime anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. they got to put the kids to bed when yeah. it's this show's on TV. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an, I'm two episodes behind. Okay. Because Susan and I were away together last week. So you did not watch last week. I did which not. Which was written and directed by Vince Gilligan. I can't wait to see that. And then tonight's, I will try and stay off with no spoilers. Good, Good luck, luck to me, man. Good luck. Yeah. Good I know. Luck. I know. But we have been just diehard fans of Breaking oh, Bad and Better Call Saul. So we're thrilled that Vince Gilligan's going to be on the show literally at this time next week. If we just flash forward to well, next like, week, he'd be saying Like we've here. talked about before, Rich, that's how Vince originally came on the old podcast. You tracked him down at an airport. Well, I saw him. In an airport, he had no earthly. I, I was going to a Thursday night game in Tampa, yeah. and um, he was going to Tampa for whatever reason. And I went up to him because I recognized him because I was such a fan of the show, of uh, Breaking Bad. And I just fanboyed him on the spot. And he had no earthly idea who I was. None. He's, he's not, not a, a very sports diehard fan. sports guy. Yeah. But um, we hit it off because he's truly one of the nicest people on planet Earth. Yeah. And um, it's him and Henry Winkler, like neck and neck. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> nice they, they are similar that. like that. Yeah, and so yeah. and so I reached out to him. I'm like, look, you know, I've got a podcast on, um, you know, out of the NFL network. Don't have to talk at all about sports. It's about pop culture, too. I just want to talk to you about the Breaking Bad finale. And he came on and it was like a two hour long exit interview. This we was asked legit him about, 10 years ago. We too. asked him, where's Huel? Where's all that stuff? Yeah. You know, all everything. And so um, I guess we're going to have another exit interview. And I heard his next project is 
sci-fi related because he was involved oh, with the X-Files X before Breaking oh, Bad. Cool. And now Better Call Saul. Can't wait. Yes, sir. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Let's go to Randy in North Carolina. You're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Randy? Hey, Rich. How you guys doing? Thanks. First, I, just a couple of comments, Rich. First, I just want to say I feel your pain for Zach. I'm a big Dolphin fan, but, you know, I think the guy's going to be good. It's not great if he can stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's a big and, F, man. And, yeah. And the other one, other comment I had was for Brockman, yes. talking about <laughs> Devontae Parker, you know, big red zone receiver, which he is. He is but cross your fingers, the guy can stay healthy. Mm, I know. <laughs> I mean, he just – we all – the whole time he was with us, we were just saying, when's he coming back? We need this guy. But that's all, you know, basically that's it. I hope Zach comes back. Hope he turns out to be great for you guys. Randy, I appreciate the call. Thanks, Thank Randy. you. Keep uh, keep uh, listening, watching, and uh, call us back. Yeah, that's, I'm uh, for He's had a good camp, so fingers crossed on the Speaking health. Speaking of red zone threat, did you see, was it uh, Waller? Did he say it uh, on uh, – yeah, bussing with the boys pod. This, was that, yeah. Did they? I mean, how does this thing have a motor? Is it? Are they going to come out to Los Angeles? They don't have a motor. It got towed. So they're towing the bus all <laughs> yes. over the country. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because we can't find. I mean, again, for the bussing with the boys, folks, they're up to like day eighty-two of posting well, photographs. To me. My man wants a and truck. <laughs> look, Taylor Lewan is now off of Twitter. Did you see he tapped out yeah. of social media, and now he's getting ready for the season. And uh, so, so it's just Compton is just holding down a Ford himself and yeah. some fun interviews. He did it uh, in what, in Green Bay, right? And um, Darren, did Darren, was, did Darren Waller tell him that there hasn't been much of a red zone plan for so him over the so, last couple so here's of years? The, here's the quote. Uh, there was a lot of times in the last couple of years where I felt like there wasn't a clear, defined attack in the red zone or a plan for me specifically. Now I kind of feel like there's something like that in place. Oh, my God. Like, what? what? Say what? <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, in that part of the field where you are trying to get every inch of an advantage that you possibly can, not just spatially, like literally geography on the ground, but vertically. Yeah. They didn't have a plan for Darren Waller? What is up with that? I'll tell you what, man. But now that they do, so Devontae Adams and Renfro running those routes. I mean, running those routes inside the five. What do they call it? The China routes? Is that what they call those things, right? Where you, you run into a certain spot and you can go in either direction. And Devontae Adams, all he had to do is just give Rodgers a look. And he's wide open on the pylon, beclowning somebody who's standing right in front of him, trying to cover him. And now here comes Waller with a plan? Darren Waller, 58 on the NFL uh, Network on, Top 100. Man. Derek Carr, 65. Okay. Another thing to get excited about in Las Vegas, Nevada. Another thing to get excited about. Max Crosby, 59. I, I mean, I just, I saw that. I was like, two things. Wow, what a, what a <laughs> soundbite. Can't believe that. And two is like, okay, so they're taking the bus. They're towing it all the way to Nevada like they can't come one more state over where I'm, I'm like reaching out to Luan saying I can come I can land in Nashville on this date at this time can you do it 
Come on now. You should do that. Yeah. If you're towing it. Imagine you're towing it. The amount of money it must cost. I guess it's Portnoy's money. What do they care? But if it, it the amount of money it must cost. They could have put an engine in by it. now. <laughs> like, you you know put I mean? an engine in it and you drive it everywhere. Right? I'm not in charge of driving. Neither am I. You know what I mean? Really popular what this has been built into. It's fun. Yeah, their day today's day eighty two. They have not posted a picture yet. Okay. Uh, eighty one was you uh, at the Michigan game when we went uh, in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, man. I think eighty was me, Stewart, and um, Samuel L. Jackson at the rehearsal of the ninety nine ESPY Awards in in Radio City Music Hall. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff in Detroit, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeffrey? Uncle Rich Cousins, what's going on, fellas? What's up, Jeff? I got been, a little Jeff? time off so I can call in and Great. I guess cry a little bit on your shoulders. Listen, here in Detroit, we've come to the realization that if Matt Patricia gets to call in pizza in New England, he's doing them a favor because after what he did here in Detroit, man, it, it's just it's we're looking down. You know what I'm saying? I hate getting on your show every morning crying about the Detroit Lions, but we honestly believe until the Fords come forth and apologize to Jim Caldwell and admit that they made a mistake, right. I honestly don't think we will win another playoff game. Well, Please I don't know, Jeff. It, because- I, I think, look, and, and I, I know you probably want to talk about the hard knocks, and I'll, I'll kind of turn our conversation to that. Um, Dan Campbell is clearly a star uh, of that show, and clearly he's got – the attention of the team, clearly, that's an obvious one, that he's selling something that they're apparently, we saw it last year on the field where they never quit. Like, they they did play the type of football where they were biting people's kneecaps and coming for yeah. hunks and stuff like that. And and But he clearly is selling something that the team is purchasing. And and I know um, Adrian, uh, pardon me, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson's singing was very entertaining, but that's chemistry, man. That's team building, and I, I, I kind of dig that's, what's that's, the, what's being built. And I totally why, get that you're upset about you. that's Patricia. Why, that's exactly because the Bronado is in time. The Bronado is here. He's taking us by storm. People are really drinking the blue Kool Aid. I'm just hoping that it translates into victories because after you get there and you say 10 and 7 ain't going to get it, the 10 and 6 ain't going to get it, and then we kill for 10 wins. 11 wins. And they don't even have us at five and a half, six, I don't think. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, like you said, chemistry means everything. And when they'll play for you, if they run through a wall, I'm hoping for it. I just hope that it translates, well, brother. Uh, uncle, excuse me, uncle. <laughs> take, take care of yourself, sir. You'll be well, Jeffrey. Hey, pass rush means everything, too. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's got that. He looks really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. That was a fun hard knocks. That was a fun one. Well, you know what they're all about there in Detroit, right, Rich? Which is? Grit. Yeah. Grit. They're all about the grit. The are about grit. They are about grit. Their coach is about grit. It's on the board. We see it. I wonder if Dan Campbell regrets his um, no. introductory press conference. Nope. It kind, of, it kind of made him seem like he's more 
sizzle than steak, and I think there's a lot of steak there, man. I think so too, but the sizzle is uh, part of his appeal, a part of what uh, the, kind of the team and the players on that team are kind of buying into with him. They they really need it. They need a culture change, no, and and he's kind of been that. Well, I mean, that's what Rex was for the Jets. That's what he was for us, yeah. and yeah, you know, I'm out here to kiss his rings and all of that, and then and we needed the, that. Got the two AFC championships, but the game. sizzle stopped sizzling after a while. Yeah, and but you won more. a lot of games with Rex. So. He did, no question. But then, yeah, when he, you win playoff games, as you like, to dude, he, we nearly made the Super Bowl two yeah. years in a row, yeah. and then so. and then it sizzled out. Yeah. It was gone. We were done. Hey, you were still there. Though. And it's a quarterback-driven league, so we'll see what Jared Goff can do there. But I, I did, I do like what I see out of the Hard Knocks. I yeah, do we, like what I see. We talked last week, fun. like yeah, despite fun. some of the stuff he says that, like. You know, we're civilians. We're, we're not savages. These men are savages. So the stuff that Campbell says where mm. people might be like, I don't get that. Like, whatever he's saying, you can tell. He's got grown men crying in the huddle. Like, they are buying into oh, yeah. what Dan Campbell. Well, you saw what they were, how they played last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, and we, we loved him. You said, like, his initial press conference. But without that, Detroit wouldn't have been on our radar last year. Mm. And we really paid attention to that team yeah. all season. And we yeah. knew that they were in every game. So... You know, it's it's who he is, and you can tell in Hard Knocks, and those guys love him. He had me, he had us ready to like, you know, knock the wall, wall down. I know, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. He also said, "There's no light at the, the end, end of the, the tunnel, t- <laughs> but if you do see a light, it's a freight train coming right at you." And we were like, "What?" Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna sugarcoat it. <laughs> you know, everyone think he's else making that stuff up. You think as he's shaving in the mirror, he's just like, "I got a good I, one." I got one. I don't think so. I think he's just he's flying because fine. he was talking about drowning and the ocean, and he was talking about we're gonna tread water long enough to bury our opponent. Wait, so are we in the water or are we on the land? Like, which is it? Is that a, like if we're at this long enough, and you know, I, I think you know, we will be television and radio, God's willing, right? Um, we should we should come up with an album, right? Where the latest song we 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 already had the uh, the one with uh, yeah. Nick Saban with the torn up jeans, right? Trace Atkins. Uh, how do how did we get here, right? Right. How did we get here? Where you had that soliloquy about people walking around with ripped up jeans, holes in them? How did just wondering sometimes how did we get here? Then uh, we had take your heart pills and buckle up. Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. Thank you very much. That was. That a friend of our, yeah. our, our friend of the program, Mike Vrabel, yep. if he doesn't mind us calling him that. Yep. Uh, now, maybe we've got a new song called "What Is It?" If the the light at the end of the tunnel is there, there is no light at the end There's of the tunnel. No but, light at the end of the tunnel. But, but if you see one, if you see one, it's a freight train f- coming, coming right at you. At you. That yeah. sounds like a lyric right there. Sounds like a country song. I think he, again. Well, he was. I, right? I don't know if he was quoting Metallica or something, but he was is talking it, about is a that Metallica a lyric? song. Like, is that already a lyric? Uh, there was a lot going on. On when, see, it already sounds like a lyric. Is that already a, lot, a lyric? There was a lot going on with his uh, hard knocks last week. You know, and and, and no one's going to be a hundred percent. You're not going to be a hundred percent till March. Oh yeah, so, he but, was like, right now you feel your best. You're only eighty five percent. But I only need eighty five percent. You know what? I also <laughs> another thing that 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 uh, I was out of the office for last week. Uh, our friend Mike McDaniel, when the Bucks, the Dolphins practice together, mm-hmm. and McDaniel's asked, "Is it awkward that Brady is going to be here in Miami?" And Miami tampered with him, and you know the owner's not here because he tampered with him, and he asked him if it was going to be awkward, and he basically said something along the lines of, "Why would it be awkward? You know, I wasn't here. He he wasn't here either. It just." It's not going to be awkward. He had a total opportunity 
to say, I can only control what I can control. <laughs> How quickly he or, forgets. Or it is what it is. Right. Like, that's a perfect, it is what it is. It is what it is. I can control only what I can control. Now, the crystal ball cliche doesn't work there. But he had two of the three options that we outfitted him with at the outset of his hiring as a professional football head coach. Now I'm suddenly concerned about the Dolphins. (laughs) I mean, we equipped him. We got him ready for just these situations, and he gave an actual answer, we pointing need- out the absurdity of the question. And all he's got to do is, Mike, all you got to do is just rely on your cliches. We gave you three of them. Yeah. He gave you an extra one for your only talk about the guys who are here. We so don't, we don't need real answers, Rich. I'm just saying. He just can avoid the subject matter very easily. We've equipped him with these coaching cliches. And anytime he uses one, I feel like he's given us a shout out. And I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Rightfully so. That my guy who hit the triple Lindy of cliches as he said he was going to do at the combine after we outfitted him with it in February, you just uh, missed the opportunity. Just pointing it out. Very concerned. The Miami Dolphins season now. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Brockman's got a way to grow the game of golf that does not involve Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, that's coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I think it's a good idea, actually. It's very good. That's coming up next. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show, back here on the program. So uh, on the flight back here, uh, uh, I'll mention, since we're on the campus of DirecTV here. 1A? Um, 1A. F. F. Okay. Uh, right, <laughs> right row, wrong letter. Actually, I was. How are you in no, F? Hold on a second. How big was this plane? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was, but a gentleman asked me to move from my window to an aisle mm-hmm. nope. to accommodate his wife to sit together. Okay. They were going to separate. And I, on the spot, said no problem. And he's like, you're, you're fine with that because you got a window and now window. you're going to get an aisle. And I do like the window because I don't like to um, get, up. get up. Yeah, me neither. I'm okay. like you. When I sit, I'm done. I don't Exactly. Get I don't like to get up. But unlike... What people have accused me of doing because of my past recent stances on air travel and overhead spaces and bags, I am all about seat karma. All about seat karma. Just okay. not elevator karma. You know I'm you'll spend more time in, in elevators, right? seat karma. Uh, I understand. You know, I'm just saying. All about seat karma. So I said yes. Oh, okay. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, I, had, be on the show? I had direct TV on the flight. Oh, yeah. And was able to watch the finale, the finale oh, of uh, FedEx. Uh, the first, well, this is the first leg, correct? Of the- yeah, first leg of a three-leg championship playoff here. Basically, it's the PGA Tour playoff. Yeah. And Seb, Sepp Straka and Will Zalatoris, their second playoff hole was insane. Absolutely insane where Zalatoris hits a cart path and it stays in bounds. It could have easily hopped over a fence. Yep. Okay. And Straka just absolutely stepped on himself and hit one completely left. And both of them had to take their medicine and get back into the fairway. Yeah. And um and because I think Straka took a drop. They played because eight, it was they too played close. Eighteen twice, right? So, so they get ball. up and down. They get up and down from there, both of them. Zalatoris with a what a fourteen footer, yeah. and Straka with like an eight footer to force the third playoff hole, which was a par three with uh, drink to the right. Of yeah, the it's green. like a semi island hole, uh, one hundred and fifty oh, yards, gosh. like. And so Zalatoris. Hits one first, and it's right. You could tell right from the track tracer it's right, and it's going right to the edge of the green and the water's edge. And it hits the cobblestone wall that's holding up the green and separating it from the water, and it bounced, I think, like six times. Six times. The only thing it would look, it looked like one of those Powerball ping pong balls that just Kept on in the you, and somehow it stayed up. It didn't bounce with all those bounces right into the water. Whatever the contour of the rock was, it just know. went back and forth, like about a foot off the ground. Right, and then it finally rested 
in a, a crevasse between the green or the, the rough on the, on the edge yeah. of the green and the wall. And it just sat there. But it was, so like it was resting kind of in the, the hole and it was underneath. It, it, and then so Straka gets up and just flat out puts it in the wall. All he has to do is hit this giant green, like hit it dead center right. on the green. You're going to two putt and win the tournament. But because Straka went in the water, he's got to hit from the drop circle right. first because he's further out than Zalatoris, who's right next to the green. Right. So he, I mean, this is the shot he probably wants back more than any. He airmails the green and he puts it into the bunker behind the green. Just nukes his. So now Zalatoris knows that even if he drops it into the drop circle, he'll do better than what Straka just did. And all he's got to do is basically one putt if he can or two putt and he'll most likely win. But he stands over this golf ball for several minutes. And I'm like wondering, what was he (laughs) thinking? Because the ball was wedged between the wall and the green to the point and I mean in the and the um the rough to the point where he couldn't get the blade completely on the ball. It would definitely hit the rocks. Right. And then if he could somehow avoid the rocks and get it on the ball, it would probably hit the side of the of the 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 rough and go backwards into, into the, the water. water. Right. Or himself would fall into the water. Right. And so I don't know what he was thinking. No, I All I kept I was at 40,000 feet, screaming at a television screen, drop it. (laughs) Drop it. And he finally did, because I thought to myself, if he didn't, just the the decision-making he was doing for taking so long, the last person I thought of was Vanderbilt, where you're like, what are you thinking? What are you doing, dude? Just take the easy way out. To take the drop, hit your wedge close from 90 yards, and win the tournament. Which is what he did. Which is what he finally ended up doing. But you have a great idea. I thought, look, that shot is so insane, right? You know when you're playing golf and, and you, you do your shot and then you go back and you're like, let me yeah. just see how I would have done on this. Yeah. They should have let Zalatoris go back and try to hit that shot Absolutely. just to see what would have happened. Like, tournament's over. He finally won. First time ever on tour. Now go back and hit that crazy shot. Everyone in the golf watching world wants to know yeah. what would have happened. It's like rabbit hunting. It's just unbelievable. Like, yeah, you folded. Please go do it. You made your hand. Now let's rabbit hunt. <laughs> let's go. Please do it. I don't know I'm if Seb Straka would have been like, yeah, happened. I wonder if Straka would have been for that after having lost, but I'm for it. I'd love that idea. It was, anybody who please. picks up, anybody who picks up. Um, like just announce, hey, I'm going back to the drop zone. I'm right. going to hit from back there, but I want to see. Like I want to see. In this. poker, if you fold, but you hold your cards to see what happens. Right. I'm, you're I'm like, folding you're like, and holding. You're like, okay, what, was, what would have been next? Yes. Ah, okay. We're rabbit hunt. He's well. Fold and hold and then wrap it. I love it. Again. Congrats to Will, though. Finally winning. Growing the game of golf without Saudi Arabia. That's what we're doing here (laughs) on the Rich Eisen Show. We're just trying to help. RES Consulting. We're just trying to help as RES Consulting. (laughs) Thanks for taking in this show. Thanks to DK Metcalf and Gabriel Davis and Tom Curran for joining us. We are back to wrap things up on Peacock in a moment. See you Tuesday otherwise.